service here as well. Uh, I've been going down to Hot Springs for many years, and uh, the conference this year was one of the most powerful conferences uh, that I've ever been involved with. Um, it was just tremendous. I know this old boy just got a refilling. I'm going to tell you what myself. It just, God was so good. Every message that was preached would not, no preacher knowing what the other one was going to speak about, they all fell right in line and uh, tied in line together. And plus, uh, we had uh, uh, not only in the, uh, in the youth camp, but in the conference, we had several receive the Holy Ghost, especially on the Amen. Amen. I knew, I knew there were two uh, when I left from down there on, that, on the last night of conference. And let me tell you this. Uh, I, got a, I got a phone call uh, from uh, Brother Lizenby uh, a couple days ago. And... Um, we're working in the process, and by, and by the way, I did uh, do this time what I said I was going to do the last time. I, uh, I stepped down as missions uh, a secretary for the association. I had, had done it um, for six years, and I felt that it was time for me to step aside and somebody else to uh, uh, step in and take the reins, and Brother uh, 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 Petey Tipton is the new missions uh, secretary for the, uh, the association. He has taken my place uh, in uh, doing that, but um, in taking care of some last uh, details of that position, Brother um, Lizenby called me, and he's, uh, while he was talking, he said, oh, by the way, he said there was another fill with the Holy Ghost on the last night that I didn't know about, and I just found out about it. I says, really? He says, yeah. Now, uh, their, uh, their church is in uh, uh, Plainsview, Arkansas, and uh, it's, not no, um, it's no thriving metropolis, very small uh, place, and everybody knows everybody else. He went to the post office there, and the head lady in the post office uh, was invited and went to conference and when Brother Lizenby went to the post office after they came back from conference, he went into the post office, and she was just grinning from ear to ear. She said, Brother Lizenby said, God filled me with the Holy Ghost on that last night with speaking in tongues. He said, wow, sis, I didn't know that. He said, that's tremendous. She said, she said it's nothing like it. Hallelujah. And I, that's all you can say if you never had it and you receive it. It's nothing like it. Hallelujah. Glory to God, and that's what it is all about. But uh, we just had a tremendous time, and I'm so thankful, amen, to what God is doing. We're going to get into uh, the Word for today because we, uh, we know there's uh, some meetings after uh, service that the ladies have got to go with. And also, um, the, uh, the new church uh, T-shirts that the yellow ones has got the church logo like what's on the front of this uh, on the side and uh, across the back come grow with us. There have been several people inquire 
that didn't work in the, in the bash, but yet they said they would like to have one of those uh, T-shirts. And so um, uh, Sister Kessie has put a, a list uh, uh, on the board back there. If you'd like to get one of those yellow T-shirts, put your name on it and... Um, and and, uh, and and the size that uh, that you would like to have, uh, and um, she wrote them all at one time, and of course whatever the the cost of them is what what it will be. We don't make money off them, but uh, if you'd like to have one of those, please um, uh, do so so we can get it ordered. We're going to go to um, the book of Luke, chapter twenty two. We're going to read verses 31 and 32. Hallelujah. Luke 22, 31 and 32. And the Lord said, Simon, Simon, behold, Satan has desired to have you that he may sift you as wheat. But I prayed for thee that thy faith fail not. And when thou art converted, notice that word there, converted, strengthen thy brethren. Lord, as we come today, we thank you and we praise you for this service. Thank you for everyone that is here. We pray for those that are shut in that can't be here uh, due to sickness and other things. We ask God that you will speak to us today through your word, and we'll give you the praise and glory in Jesus' name as the church say. Amen. You can be seated. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I don't know if you feel like I do or not, that we are living in the soon return of the Lord Jesus Christ. I kind of like that the way Brother Wayne put it a while ago. One of these days, Jesus is going to suddenly come on the scene and say, I'm here. (laughs) Glory. I'm here. Amen. And knowing that that's going to happen in a moment in the twinkling of an eye, that you ain't going to look and be able to see him coming a long way off and start praying and get prayed through before the time you first see him. And he gets here because once you see him, that's it. Uh, I want to talk about in our message today something that I consider an uh, epic problem. And I'm going to talk about the subject title is Steps Which Lead to Backsliding. Steps which lead to backsliding. I haven't dealt with the subject of backsliding uh, in a long, long time. And as I was praying and seeking the Lord, uh, he, he kind of brought this and put this in my spirit. Uh, you see, nobody, nobody is saved one minute and lost the next. It don't happen that way. 
if you if you lost a minute from now, it's a good probability you will lost this minute. Backsliding don't happen just like that. It's a progression. It's a gradual thing, and uh, they are they are some steps that lead to a person getting cold on God and getting away from the Lord that that we should consider and think about. Uh, backsliding is an epic problem in the body of Christ today. And that being said, according to Mr. Webster in his um, best-selling book that he wrote, the ten Technical meaning for backsliding is what he's, listen to this, a lapse morally in the practice of one's faith or religion. A lapse morally in the practice of one's faith or religion. But I would like to add something else to that by saying that backsliding is not just reserved to those who no longer grace our pews, but also involves many a churchgoer every Sunday morning. What are you saying, Brother Sammy? What I'm saying is a lot of people backslide sitting on the church pew. Hallelujah. It's kind of like fruit drying up on the vine. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Amen. So it's not, backsliding consists of more than just somebody who used to come to church and don't come any longer, but also uh, uh, you, some people may still come, but they're not where they should be in God. Amen. They, uh, and, and matter of fact, I will add one more thing to it, and I'll tell you what. Talk loud enough, hallelujah. If there ever was a point in your Christian walk that you were closer to God than you are now, you backslid. Hello, somebody. If there ever was a point in your life that you used to walk closer to God, feel His presence more than you do right now, You've had a lapse. Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. And this is a serious issue, especially when we're living so close to the coming of the Lord. You can't afford to go back. You can't afford to back up. Where would you be if while you was back, Jesus says, I'm here. Glory to God. A few years back, a follow-up of an, an evangelistic association who was involved in revival crusades, and I'm not going to call the names, but they did a follow-up a year after they had been into a particular place with the revival. And of those people who had made confessions of faith, and say they repented during that revival. And they were blown away when they found out 
that less than 5% of those who responded to an altar call during that crusade a year ago was not serving God one year later. They had backslidden. Think about that for a moment. If I can shock you with that, I want to shock you with that. I want you, everybody, to understand this morning how serious the issue of backsliding is. Hallelujah. A, a big mass crusade. They had supposedly over 18,000 decisions made. According to ch the Church Growth Magazine, before five years was out, 94% of them failed to continue in the faith and become really established in a church body somewhere. I'd say that's an epidemic. I'd say that's a cause for concern. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Backsliding is an epidemic in the church, and the danger from it is the transition. Now, here's the danger. The transition from backsliding is the transition where somebody goes from backslidden into apostasy. Right. Hallelujah. Amen. And, and what I mean by that is while they're backslidden, nobody reaches them and they don't get back before they cross the point of no return. Now, I know, I know we can argue the fact, and I will not, I will not debate, debate nobody on it when they say that um, as long as there's uh, a life, there's hope, that it, that is true to a point. But I've been in this thing a long time, and I've and I witnessed a lot of things. And I myself believe that there is a point in no return that a person can cross a line, and even though they live 20 years past that point, they'll never get back to God. When I took Sister Darlene and we went on our 40th anniversary up to um, Niagara Falls, we got on the, the little tour train there and was going around, and got down there, and I'd forgotten about it. Hadn't, hadn't thought about it. Uh, but the guy was had him talking on the speaker and pulling out different things, and we come around to where you could see the Niagara River as it's headed down to get ready to go to the falls. And he said, When I was a kid and went there with my parents, that they say that point of no return, if a swimmer in the lake or a boat of any kind get past that point, they cannot get back. They will go over the falls. And so you
you. I don't know what it is for me, but I'm telling you there's a point there that you will turn into a reprobate man and you won't have a desire about God. Oh, Lord. In our scripture text, Jesus was in fact prophesying to Peter when he said, Simon, Simon. He, he was giving Peter a prophecy that he was going to slide back because of the scheme of the devil. He said, the devil has desired to have you and sift you like wheat. He said, I prayed for you. Think about that. Why, why, why? Jesus said, I prayed for you, Peter. Jesus prayed for Peter. You might say, oh man, how great that would be to have Jesus pray for me. He did. He did. Read the 17th chapter of St. John when Jesus was praying his great high priestly prayer. And he prayed for his disciples that he was putting in place to lead the church. He said, and I don't only pray for them, but I pray for those who's going to believe on me through their word. That's me and that's you. Woo! Glory to God. So I know I can make it. I don't have to worry about it. I don't have to doubt. Glory to God. I can make it because Jesus prayed for me. You can make it because he prayed for you. Now I'm feeling the spirit of God in this house right now. Woo! Hallelujah. So, he said that uh, uh, I'm going to, I pray for you that when you are converted, you're going to strengthen others. Backsliding has a process. And we can take notice of the steps that Simon Peter traveled on his backsliding trail. So if we ever begin that process, we can, by God's grace, catch ourselves before we fall. Now, we're going to go to Matthew chapter 26, and we're going to look at some steps that Peter took that led him to backsliding where he got to the point and place where he said, I don't know the man. I don't know the man. The first thing that puts a person on the path towards backsliding is boastfulness. Boastfulness. Matthew 26, I want you to follow me on this, and even if you can, if you can take, jot this down because this is some good stuff the Lord gave me. Matthew 26, verses 33 and 34. 26, verses 33 and 34. Peter answered and said unto him, Even if all are made to stumble because of you, I will never be made to stumble. I want you to kind of imagine somebody, if you ever notice somebody with a cocky look on them. Jesus had told them, that 
they were going to be offended because of him. And old Peter just stood up. Well, I'll tell you one thing. I'll never be made to stumble. Jesus answered him said, Surely I'll say unto you that this very night, before the rooster crows, you're going to deny me three times. Peter said, uh-uh. Not me. It will never happen. Boastfulness is linked to pride. Hallelujah. And pride, according to the scripture, always leads to a fall. Glory to God. Don't ever brag about your accomplishments in the Lord because it is Christ, not us. Hallelujah. Don't ever brag about your accomplishments. And I've seen preachers brag. I've seen people get up to testify. They're supposed to be giving glory to God stand there and brag. Don't be boastful. Don't have a prideful spirit. Because it's not, it's not us. It's Christ, not us. It's grace and not works. Can you say amen? All human effort, listen to pastor, all human effort will always fail miserably when it comes to meriting God's blessing. Every time I decide, well, I'm going to walk a little closer to God and make, make him more happy with me, I fall flat on my face. Hallelujah. Because every human effort that I can make, every human effort that you can make, will always fall miserably when it comes to try to live to make him love you. Come on, somebody. Amen. There's not a parent in here or nowhere who really uh, you know, has, has children know what it is to be a parent. Amen. You, no, no parent has ever had a child that's went through completely lied through the whole thing and not disappointed them. But you never stop loving them. You never stop believing in them. You never stop praying for them. And I'm going to tell you something. Our Heavenly Father is the same way. Hallelujah. He's the same way. You're his child. He loves you. He believes in you. The reason why he believes in you is because he knows he's given you what it takes to make it through. Oh, glory to God. Woo! Man, I feel the presence of the Lord. Amen. So, uh, don't never begin to brag or boast. Peter became boastful when he stood up. And he said, well, I don't care if every man, uh, you know, go back or gets offended. It'll never happen to me. That reminds me of, of um, a scripture, and they don't have it on the screen, but I quote it, 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 12 says, Therefore let him who thinks he stands take heed lest he fall. Yeah. Hallelujah. You and I on our own, there's no way we got this thing taken care of or nipped in the bud. Hallelujah. It's a struggle. Let me move on. I could talk more about that, but I, I want to get these finished in my time allotted. Another step back that Peter took is spiritual slumber. Matthew 26, verse 40. 
Then he came to the disciples, this was in the Garden of Gethsemane, and found them asleep and said to Peter, What? Could you not watch with me one hour? Hallelujah. Jesus had left his innermost circle to watch and to pray. And right now, we're talking about watching. We're talking about watching. He said, could you not watch with me for one hour? I submit to you today, amen, that we're going to take that and we're going to, we're going to talk about, even though they went to sleep naturally, I'm here to tell you there's a spiritual sleep. If the devil had another name, and he's got a few of them in the book, but if the devil had another name, I believe it could be Mr. Sandman. Mr. Sandman. Hallelujah. Because he's good about getting saints to go asleep spiritually. Hello, somebody. Amen. And that word there, watch, he said, could you not watch with me? It, mean, it means to, to stay alert. Amen. To stay alert. Stay on the lookout. It also, I traced it all the way, I also traced it back to another verse that said, be vigilant because your adversary, the devil. Come on. Hallelujah. Amen. I'm going to, what you got? Some of you sitting right there, amen, uh, in the church house. Amen. We've allowed the devil to rock us asleep. Anybody ever remember our gang on TV years ago? Anybody that old? Spanky and our gang? Huh? There was a kid on there by the name of Al Falfa. Had hair sticking up in the back. Poor kid was like me. He thought he could sing. I remember one of them shows one time. They had a baby. <laughs> Supposed to be taking, watching that baby. And he said, I know I'll sing it. I sing it. Baby asleep. So he started singing. Go to sleep, my baby. <laughs> Hallelujah. Well, I'm going to tell you what. That's exactly what the devil does. He will rock you and he will pet on you and rub your forehead and do all that good stuff that a mother does a child. He'll warm up the milk and feed it to you. Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. His main goal is to get us into a spiritual slumber so we can't be on the watch of what's coming. So the devil can, himself can sneak up on you. Amen. And snatch the rug out from under you. Hallelujah. First Thessalonians 5 and 6 told us, Let us not sleep as do others, but let us watch and be sober. Hallelujah. We can't afford to let the devil rock us to sleep. We can't afford, amen, to where we get to that point in place. Listen to me. Spiritual sleep occurs. This is how 
this is how the devil puts you asleep. Spiritual sleep occurs when we lose interest in spiritual things along with the things of God. How many times, I'm talking about backsliders right now, I, I, even though some of them's names I can't remember, but I can see their faces. Going back on the reading school, I can see the faces of men, women, coming to the altar, praying through, getting baptized in Jesus' name, receiving the Holy Ghost. And I can, I can remember seeing how excited they were the days after. I mean, they were just exuberant and excited and just pumped up and ready to do everything they did. You know what? I, I, I'm thinking about retirement now. I'm, I could retire pretty easy if I, if I had a, a, a dollar bill for every time in the past. Somebody during that excited period come to me, Brother Putsch, I'll do anything that you or the church needs. Just let me know, and I'll be there. Where, you at? Where are you six months after that? Some of them a month after that. You lose the excitement. Hallelujah. And when that happens, you begin to lose interest. You're not as interested in coming to the house of God as you used to be. Hello, somebody. Pastor's preaching today. Hallelujah. We lose interest in everything of the Spirit. And when we lose interest in the things of God, the devil's got you right there rocking you, ready to get you asleep. What happens then? I'm glad you asked, I'll tell you. In natural sleep, when somebody falls asleep naturally, they lose connection with the physical world around them. When you go to sleep, Everything in the physical world around you, you know, you lose connection with. You don't have contact. You don't know what. And now, and listen, saying that, listen to this. In spiritual sleep, you lose connection with the attentiveness and hunger for the Spirit of God. Oh, hallelujah. There was a time that the Holy Spirit could sway you and nudge you a little bit. Now the Holy Ghost is screaming at you and you still can't hear nothing. Why? Because you don't lost connection. You end that spiritual slumber. My Lord, I got to move on quickly. The next step was right there with that is prayerlessness. Another step towards backsliding. Verse 41. He said, watch. Then he said, pray. Lest you enter into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. I ain't down nobody's spirit how they want to serve for God, live for God, and amen, and make it all the way through heaven's gate. I don't doubt nobody's desire for that. But the Bible said the spirit is willing, but your flesh is weak. That lets me know you ain't going to be able to do it unless you do some praying. Praying is the only thing that gives you that strength and that boost you need. Can you say amen? amen. 
the devil. It don't scare the devil when you clapping your hands and stomping your feet. But when you drop down to your knees and start talking to God, he gets concerned. Hallelujah. Because I just say this and move on. I make it simple about prayer. If you don't pray, then you don't have communication with God, period. That's your means of communicating with God. Hallelujah. If you don't pray, if you ain't got a prayer life, and you ain't talking to God, you don't have no communication, and you're in danger of backsliding. Let me move to the next one. Failure to submit to God's perfect will. That's another step Peter took. Verses 51 and 52 of the same chapter of Matthew. And suddenly one of those who were with Jesus, now this is when the soldiers come and they had the torches and they were fixing to arrest the Lord. Suddenly one of those who were with Jesus stretched out his hand, and this was Peter, by the way, and drew a sword and struck the servant of the high priest and cut off his ear. But Jesus said to him, put your sword into its place, for all who take um, the sword will perish by the sword. Now, I want you to think about this. At first, when they were coming out to Jesus, Peter, Peter pulled out his sword and he cut off the high priest servant's ear. And I'll submit to you that he was not following the perfect will of God because him and Jesus had already been through that. Jesus had already told him what his perfect will was, that he came to die and give his life. But Peter was doing his own thing. No, that ain't going to happen. He pulls out the sword. He cuts a man's ear off. You see, You can be in the will of God, but not be in his perfect will. God's got a permissive will, and he's got a perfect will. Peter had a failure to submit to God's perfect will, because they had already talked about this. The people who think about just getting by, and I'm talking about spiritually now, will not submit to God's perfect will. At the time of the encounter in the garden, Peter did not want to follow God's perfect will, which was the death of Calvary. Jesus and Peter had conflicts about that in the past. Mark chapter 8, verse 31 and 33. And he began to teach them that the Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed, and after three days rise again. He spoke this word openly. And Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. Can you imagine? The nerve of Simon Peter. Here, when Jesus was trying, trying to tell him what his perfect will was, Peter got the nerve to grab 
rebuking. He wanted to follow the will of Christ, but getting in that perfect will was just a little bit too much for him. But when he had turned around and looked at his disciples, he rebuked Peter, saying, Get behind me, Satan, for you are not mindful of the things of God, but the things that be of man. So you better be careful about trying to see how close to the world you can get to and still be all right with Jesus. If I can still just stay in his will, because right here you find out what Jesus called a man who was following his will but not his perfect will. He said, get behind me, Satan. Why? The last step, and I'm going to bring it to a close. Some people say, well, I, I follow the Lord. But let me ask you this. Do you think following God is enough? You can follow, but yet follow too far behind. Because after they took Jesus, carried him off, some other spirit began to, to grip Simon Peter. He had done took several steps back by this time. He done stepped back, Brother Bobby, several steps. Oh, he was still following, but he followed, the Bible said, from afar. Hey, this is some real stuff here this morning. I hope you're getting to it. Matthew 26, 57, 58. And those who had laid hold of Jesus led him to Caiaphas, the high priest. For the scribes and the elders were simple. Verse 58, but Peter followed at a distance to the high priest's courtyard, and he went in and sat with the servants to see the end. Oh, old Peter was still following the Lord. Man, he done backed up so much. He done lapsed so many times for that. He was following afar off. Not up where he could do any good, but just where he can see what's going on. I still want to see what's going on. Then he even, he even then he went from that step, and I'm not going to take that in further, but then the Bible said in the other scripture that he stood there and warmed himself by the fire. You get to the point and place that all you care about is your own personal needs. You say, I'm cold. I'm going to tell you something. Peter was right. He was cold. But he was cold in a different way than what he was considered. He done gotten cold on God. Because while he was standing by that fire warming himself, a damsel came around and said, oh, you're one of them. No, I'm not. You don't know what you're talking about. There it was. He stayed there. And went on. Somebody else said, oh, you one of them. 
No, I'm not. He said, yeah, you one of them because your speech betray you. Let me tell you something. If you've ever been in a place where you follow God close enough, you're going to be changed enough, even though when you backslide, they're going to, people you get with in the world still going to know, hey, you've been somewhere they ain't been. <laughs> Woo! Hallelujah! You've been hearing something that we don't know about. Hallelujah! It lingers on you. I don't know about you, but I'm glad that when I get away from God and His presence has stayed with me, even when I wasn't doing quite right. Come on, somebody! The cause of this journey, the cause of this journey. But then he spoke up again. He says, no, and the Bible said he began to curse and to swear. At that point, old Peter done backslid just like what Jesus prophesied came about. And when he realized it, he went out and began to weep bitterly. So today, I want you to think about this word, steps which lead to backsliding. It don't happen all at once. It's a gradual thing. We all have got to stay vigilant. We've got to watch ourselves. Because the devil is more fierce right now than he ever has been. Because he knows he ain't got but a short time. Evil is everywhere. Violence is all over the land. You hear people preaching about so it was in the day of Noah, the day in Sodom and Gomorrah. Uh, they talk about the things that happened days no, but they don't mention about the violence that, that was going on back then. God said it was violence everywhere. And somebody, I think it was uh, Brother Kyle, we were just, um, you know, with uh, uh, Brother uh, Jonathan Denton uh, at, um, at, at the camp, and I, I didn't have it cut on, I didn't watch, but he said on the news on TV this morning, he said, hey, there's Brother Jonathan on TV. They done shot up the neighborhood that he lives in. Just two doors down from his house. You don't never know. Let me tell you something. Safety is gone in this world. The only security you got is in Jesus Christ. Well, I'm going to watch myself close. I I, I want to make sure that I don't start sliding back. I want to make sure I make every effort not to stay where I'm at, but get closer each and every day. Let's all stand together.